Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sawbones, American Tour of Misguided Medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Sydney, uh, I got a therapeutic uh, orange pan called to chillin' upstairs, so we're fine. A, a, thera- a therapeutic? Yeah. Why were you so distracted by me cracking open a refreshing cheer wine? It was, it was a very loud, like I felt like it was, you intentionally held your can of cheer wine very close to the microphone as you opened it. Like it felt, Impossible. it felt intentional. You don't have headphones on. How would you have any way of like, of that impacting you? I mean, it was, I'm just sitting here like in real life, like not headphone sound, but like all, like actual sound. And it was very loud. Uh, but there's people at home who are like, wow, it sounds really refreshing. Are you, wait, are you like a shill for, um, for, cheer wine? For crisp, refreshing cheer wine? <laughs> Made the, uh, the same recipe since nope, 1917. Actually, I'm going to have to stop you right there. We don't, uh, we don't get paid to do any ads for them. So moving on. I mean, therapeutic, nothing for free guys. Nothing. Well, except the show, the show is free. Therapeutic orange panacoltum. Well, um, it's medicinal that, prescription okay. orange panacoltum. That sounds, first of all, that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and uh, especially because I, I requested be bland yeah. by itself, not bland, just a little like texturally unsound. I'm thinking some like, are you sure? Wait, have you ever had it before? Fruit salad maybe on top or perhaps with chocolate shavings. Oh, I like the chocolate shave, chocolate and orange. Mm, chocolate and orange, exactly. Yeah, that's a good, that's a yeah. good classic combination. But, but it's a therapeutic, yeah. Okay, no, and it, the, it sounds amazing and I asked you to make that so I'm really glad that you did. But what, why we're, why are we calling it therapeutic? Well, it treats the only disease that I think everybody is qualified to treat. And that is scurvy. As we all know, sh- soldiers uh, abroad in the ocean felt... Soldiers they, abroad in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I just tell the Christmas story, please? The Christmas story of scurvy? The soldiers abroad in the ocean started walking and the friend said, you look shorter like you're scrunched over and you're scrunching around the ship. You got to do something about that. And one of the Italian sailors on the boat was like, hey, it's me, Luigi. Uh, I made the orange panacotta for you, and they ate it. Uh, uh, they all shared it on Christmas Day, and um, they all, all they all started like while they were eating it, they're like, "Oh, I feel a little better." And they're like sitting up a bit straighter, and so they, like, when they opened their crackers and they all put their crowns on, they were like really did feel like kings for the first time in quite a few months. And what they discovered <laughs> it was that it was, it was the orange panacotta, specifically the the orange panacotta part of it and right. it had made them uh-huh. feel better and cured their scurvy and that is why every year we get scurvy and then on christmas day we eat orange panicolta and it uh, cures of <laughs> cures us of our scurvy that is the McElroy family tradition 
mm-hmm. Christmas. That's the Christmas story as in the Bible. Look it up. Uh, okay, so it's not. Um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's wrong. I'm definitely sure your information about scurvy. I mean, I I know you're onto something here with the oranges, but do you know any anything about scurvy? Um, I mean, I just ha- literally laid out everything I know for you about scurvy. And so you think it makes people extensive. scrunch up? Kind of scrunchy. Kind of scrunchy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when why I don't... used to play EverQuest, I would walk around crouched and tell people I had scurvy, and they believed you. Well, I mean, you can't get scurvy. It's a video game, sweetheart. So I doubt they did. I don't know. I thought maybe in your video game world, like you could get scurvy, like you could get vitamin deficiencies. I'm sure there are games where you can get scurvy, perhaps Sid Meier's Pirates, something like that. <laughs> I'm sure there have to be, right? Yeah. Um, Crusader Kings is probably... What, why don't we talk about scurvy? Yeah, I'd Since love you to. appear to know very little. Not very much. I want to thank a lot of people. People are dying to know about scurvy. I think it's because pirates. Dying, Everybody loves people pirates. People are dying of scurvy every day. No, well, not many. Not, not often. Not as many. Um, but thank you, Rebecca, Josh, Stephanie, Abigail, Chad, Kate, Brittany, Allison, Nicole, Alicia, Jennifer, and Alice. There's a lot of people. Wanting well, a lot of people. That scurvy fever. A lot of pirates out there mm, wanting to know what to do. Scurvy fever seems redundant. Let's just say scurvy. Let's just say scurvy. Just, a lot of. I don't think. I don't know that they have scurvy. That's what all the emails yeah. were. What Dear I, Sawbones, save me. What do I do about this? <laughs> I have scurvy. I'm scrunched over. Uh, as you probably already know, and as Justin kind of already alluded to, uh, scurvy is a deficiency of vitamin C. It's, it's the easiest, I think, of the diseases to explain, maybe, that, fun, I, that we've tackled. And it's, the funnest to say. You do, Yes, you don't have enough vitamin C, you need more. Um, we really didn't know about vitamin C until the 1930s. It wasn't described until then, like 1933. But we, we kind of figured out that there was something wrong with people and that vitamins, well, things that contained cert- something... Foods that had something in common could fix it a lot sooner before we knew terms like vitamin deficiency and scurvy and um, vitamin C and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We sort of understood scurvy. Now, let me tell you a little bit about scurvy first uh, before we get into the history of it. Okay. Because m- luckily, nowadays, most of us aren't going to get scurvy. That's good to hear. Um, Imagine my relief. Vitamin C is, is easily obtained through our diet or through uh, lots of people like to supplement with it. I know, Justin, you're a fan when you have a cold. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not hard to maintain your vitamin C stores. But let's say you go about 60 to 90 days without vitamin C. Okay. You're going to start showing the first stage signs of scurvy. Uh, the first stage of scurvy is like just fatigue and some muscle aches. Like you're really tired. Um, and this was a big problem, as you can imagine, because we're, we're going to talk a lot about ships and sailors. And those are the people who, you know, we associate with scurvy. Um, if they were just exhausted and couldn't do their work on the ship. Mm-hmm. The second stage progresses to the classic. You've probably heard of bleeding gums. Right. So your gums start to bleed. You start to get some joint pains. Uh, you may start to lose some teeth. Uh, then we progress to the third stage, which is much worse. The pain, uh, the joint pain and the muscle pain and everything becomes much, much worse. Your gums, instead of just bleeding, they bleed a lot more, but they also start to like putrefy and rot. Um, because there's a lot of talk when you read about like historical descriptions of scurvy about people's breath. Their breath is just like death because their gums are rotting. Mm-hmm. You can start to get hemorrhages all over your skin. You can start to get ulcers all over your skin um, and, and gangrene and things start kind of dying and breaking down. And then mm. in the final stage of scurvy, you start to get fevers probably because you're getting extra, you know, you're getting infections and stuff too. You get necrosis, you know, death of different tissue areas. You get hemorrhaging and the hemorrhaging can finally occur in like your heart or your brain somewhere really important. And then unfortunately you can die. 
So that's kind of what happens with scurvy. Mm-hmm. So if you can imagine this happening to a lot of people at once, this was probably pretty terrifying. Right. So on a ship especially, because you're roughly on the same time, of, so, mm-hmm. I mean, presumably, since last vitamin C. So I, I, I bet you would see people kind of get it in waves. Exactly. Exactly. And you had no idea how people were getting it or how to stop it. Mm-hmm. Um the reason that it, it's kind of funny because if you look back as to like why when you start to see descriptions of scurvy when it happened, the th- kind of you could theorize that initially humans lived where stuff grew, grew all year long. We lived in, in like warmer areas mm-hmm. um, because otherwise if we lived cold places before we knew how to grow things, then, you know, we'd right. die in the w- when it was really cold. Right. So as we start to see farming and like agrarian societies and humans start like migrating to more temperate regions and we start depending more on grain and things like that, we start to see vitamin deficiencies like scurvy because mm-hmm. then we're not naturally around all the vitamins we need necessarily. It makes sense. You can't get citrus fruit all year long and such. Um, the Egyptians spoke of something that sounded like scurvy in the Ebers papyrus. They actually advised uh, and they described something with bleeding and hemorrhaging and all this stuff and then they said, you know, you should probably eat some onions for it so i haven't seen onions yes there is nailed it what's up old time i know it's pretty good Comment one i don't know how probably just through process of elimination like try different things onions I, seem to work or I, just like onions are good on things like they just light it like onions i onions are weird it's weird to think that onions have any sort of nutritional value they just seem like like salt like kind of like salty water like hard salty water <laughs> that's your that's what you think an onion is, is like? like it's, it's just it's like hard salty water. I feel like you've been eating the wrong onions. Or maybe Celer- maybe do you know what an onion is? Yeah, celery's like crunchy water. We know this. Okay. This is known. And onions like hard salty water that makes you cry. So on your burger do you ask for hard salty water? No, I say onions. Like I'm still living in society, <laughs> Sydney. Sheesh. Uh, Hippocrates also described something that was probably scurvy he talked about specifically i mean whenever you see a description of the bleeding gums and the really bad breath and and just like bleeding from the nose and bleeding from the skin and that kind of stuff it's probably probably scurvy i mean there's lots of other things but probably scurvy that they were talking about um but he was much less helpful when he talked about what to do he just said that look there is a treatment for it but quote it's a tedious cure that often accompanied a patient to his death I don't know what the cure was, but it sounds like it wasn't a good That's one. That's why he won't. He's not even going to deign to detail it there. It's like, trust me. Yeah, I do know a way to fix it, but it's like the worst. So I'm not going to lay it out here. And you're going to die anyway. Yeah. So it's just like, forget it. The name scurvy actually probably comes from um, either the Danish word or the Dutch word for, for mouth ulcers, which sounds like scurvy um, because there were a lot of ulcerations in the mouth. So we have the word long before we have the idea of vitamin C or anything like that. Is it weird that we have like, like, is it weird that we have, um, a name for this? Like, is that, is that odd that we have, cause it's not Mm-mm. really a disease, right? It's not even really an illness technically, right? It's a vitamin deficiency. But it's a vitamin deficiency. It's not like, like it's vitamin C deficiency. It's not scurvy. Like it's, well, scurvy, I mean, like giving it a name would seem to imply that it, it, that it has a pathology for lack of a better term. I mean, it does. You need vitamin I'm, C for I'm a lot using, of things. I'm and, using the wrong word then. Like a, why do we have a name for this? Like, cause it's just vitamin C deficiency. You're deficient in vitamin well, C. I think, so first of all, I will say this. We have names for most of the vitamin deficiencies. Like what? Pellagra, Drop, Beriberi. Dropsy. Well, no, that's a whole other thing. That's many things. Cropsy. But there, there are names for different um, rickets. 
Okay. There are names for for a lot of different vitamin deficiencies. And if I had to guess why, um, I mean, first of all, doctors love to name things. Sure. Um, the only surprising thing is that they're not all named after doctors, right? Because that's typically what we like to do. Yeah, I'm name surprised actually that the vitamins aren't named after doctors. It's a good point. But uh, the with the vitamin deficiencies, my guess would be it's because we understood that there was a clinical syndrome that these people had, but mm-hmm. long before we understood what was causing it. Okay, well, that makes sense. Because we had to understand what a vitamin was and that we needed it for different little processes in our body and what would happen if we didn't have it. And that took us a while to figure out. That makes sense. Okay. Um, in the time of the Crusades, there was an epidemic of what was likely, again, just by description, was likely scurvy. And it was actually triggered by uh, the Lenten fast when soldiers ate little in general. They ate no meat. They ate eel instead of meat. And it actually, because it was at the time of this fast, it was uh, linked back to the eel. Okay. People thought that it was related to eating eel because it was believed that eel eat dead people eels eat dead people okay. and so they thought i don't think that's true but so no. they thought that eating an eel would then make you you know make like you rot like your gums rot and putrefy and stuff because Yuck. eels eat eels ate dead things anyway um but all there's a lot of descriptions of barber surgeons cutting away a lot of dead gum tissue yikes yeah which is pretty gross. That's the worst thing. Um, it was really in the 1400s when we start to develop like the sailing technology to keep ships at sea for very long voyages. Oh, uh, right. That we start to see scurvy as a real problem because now we have a bunch of guys, usually a bunch of guys, uh, locked on a ship. Um, they're not locked, but I don't know where they're going to go. It's just yeah, water bait, They might as well be locked. Yeah. <laughs> Nature's most perfect ca- prison. <laughs> for a very long time. And they don't have access usually to fresh fruit and vegetable mm-hmm. and so you start to see vitamin deficiencies and sometimes you could make the case because this of this connection that in some descriptions of scurvy historically what we're really describing is probably a lot of different vitamin deficiencies mm. because these sailors did not have like a very varied diet all they knew is they were, they were falling apart right and so like there were sometimes where you may see descriptions of scurvy that have things attributed to them that may have been vitamin d deficiency or vitamin b deficiency or other vitamin deficiencies as well what do they call vitamin b deficiency it depends on which one there's beriberi and there's pellagra there are different types of vitamin b and got it yeah um vasco da gama who of course was looking for a route to the east indies by rounding the cape of good hope um, he lost a hundred of his 160 men to scurvy. Yikes. So it was a huge problem when we start to look at these long sea voyages. And um, there are many, many really explicit descriptions of scurvy from these trips, from the doctors aboard these ships or just from the men aboard these ships. Um, there is a poem that I that I stumbled across. Uh, and I don't want to read you the entire poem. It's by uh, uh, Luis de Camons, who wrote about about in the 1400s wrote about scurvy but there's some like i said there's some really crazy descriptions from this time period like um ghastly the mouth and gums enormous swelled an instant putrid like a dead man's wound poisoned with fetid streams the air round it's really very dramatic beautiful stuff stuff, really (laughs) lovely i would say um da gama Uh, for example, had no idea what to do, what this was or what to do for all of his sailors who were dying. So he advised that they start drinking their own urine. Does urine have vitamin C in it? If you could, um, if you're vitamin C deficient, no. But if you take, if you take extra vitamin C, yes, I would not say that it was helpful in this case. Right. 
Uh, Magellan probably lost about half of his crew on three different ships um, to scurvy. So they must have thought it was curses, right? Had to. I, I'm sure that that was that was part of the thought. There were lots of there were a lot. I don't, we'll get into that. There were lots of theories as to what was happening, but yes, there was a lot about bad luck and and curses mm-hmm. and and you know that kind of a lot of superstition surrounding mm-hmm. scurvy. But the, did you know this about Magellan that he had three ships, 250 men, and that in total only 18 returned? Oh my god! I didn't know that. Now, not all of those were lost to scurvy, but, but most still, of them were, about half of them were. That's bad luck. Uh, uh, Cartier lost so many men to on his on his voyages to scurvy, and it was so uh, horrible to watch that he actually had an autopsy done on one of the men on his ship to try to figure out like what was going on, which is interesting for the time period that somebody was thinking, like, I don't know, let's cut this person open and see if we can figure it out. That was some advanced thinking. Um, and there's some writing about what they found, like some green and black lungs and a withered heart and a jug full of red date colored water around it. But, uh, you know, they didn't really so figure it out. It was the Grinch. Out. It was pretty much the Grinch. It was the Grinch. His, ha- his heart did not manage to grow three sizes, though. Sadly. Um, Cartier, Cartier also wrote that he found a man named Dom Agaya who claimed that he had recovered from scurvy himself by boiling the branches of the Aneta tree mm-hmm. and then drinking the water. Um, and so Cartier ordered his men to do so, and it actually cured those who were suffering from scurvy. Wow. Um, and it's probably, now there, there's been some debate as to exactly what tree we're referencing, because that's an outdated name. We, we don't know use it that today. term anymore. We know it today is the orange juice tree. N- no. The tree orange It was just some from. kind of pine tree that had a lot of vitamin C in its needles. That's fine, too. <clears throat> but like but it, as exactly which whichever green it was, I don't really know. Um. Still, with all this, between 1500 and 1800, scurvy is the leading cause of naval death. Not yeah. battle. Just, not you know, just scurvy. Scurvy. Cool, because um, it's like inevitable. It, and it's by Unless like... Unless you got a secret sock somewhere, everybody's getting it. Exactly. And it's by like orders of magnitude. Like, like it was like how many men died in battle? It was like a thousand or so. And then how many men died of scurvy? It was like a hundred thousand or so. I mean, it, it was lots of people were dying of scurvy. And the doctors had lots of ideas about that. Maybe it was bad air. We've talked about this before. The idea that... You know, you so can just you go out there where the mermaids are, and all of a sudden the air quality dips. The air quality because of the mermaids. Well, not because of the mermaid, but it's like, well, mermaid country, air's gonna be bad out here. I don't remember them covering that in the Little Mermaid. No, well, she didn't go up to, to long enough up to the sea to our level. Oh, so she didn't even understand air. That's how dumb she was. Okay, I don't think you understood the story of the Little Mermaid, but we'll this cover is that. Like some water, other. I can't float in. <laughs> I hate this. I just remembered I can't sing, cause the witch stole my voice. Oh crud, I'm still singing. This is a great rewrite. As Alan making we'll, cut that one out. Okay, said it wasn't good enough for the movie. We'll work on this a little bit later. Come okay. up with like our our. I think I think it's a good our, start. My, the Little Mermaid fanfic musical about mm-hmm. scurvy. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um. Uh, the the Russia theories. rescued Prince Eric by just shoving limes in his mouth. <laughs> well, that would have been a bad plan, why? and I'll tell you why. Whoa. Okay. Cool. Twist. Soon, but as I was saying, the doctors had lots of ideas. They thought maybe it was lack of oxygen. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was thick blood. Maybe sugar caused it. Maybe it was melancholy. <laughs> Guys got sad when they were out on boats for a long time. Everybody just happened to get sad at the exact same time. The turning point was really after Sir George Anson attempted to sail around the globe. Uh, uh, sail around the globe. He did. He didn't just attempt. In 1740, uh, that people realized this was a big deal. It took him four years, and he lost 1,400 men 
largely to scurvy. Wow. Um, and it this was such a dramatic event and it was so well covered when he returned finally that it um, led to like the age of scurvy research hmm. where we see like people starting to look into what was causing it. Huh. Interesting. And it turns out oranges the whole time. Or the lack of oranges. Well, I'll get to that. Spoilers. Uh, but why don't we go to the billing department first? How's that a spoiler? He's talking about oranges. Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts. And that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat, delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real, high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got like fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From 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 a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got at two minutes? I mean, filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So you were going to tell me about oranges. So when we the the real big breakthrough but with not scurvy, limes. no. Okay, hold on. All right. 
The breakthrough with scurvy comes with James Lind. He was a surgeon aboard the HMS Salisbury that, and he really uncovered, um, sort of, he uncovered the secret, not the secret that that book is about. No, that right. I still haven't uncovered because I haven't read that book. He did use the, the secret. Se- he did use the secret to find the secret answer to scurvy. I, I, I can only he assume a, that's true. He made a vision board with pictures of people hunched over. I don't think that's true. <laughs> but they, he had a question like it was a, a picture of a ship with a bunch of dead bodies on it, and just like question mark over it on his vision board and he's just like how how why where what is happening and he used the secret and law of attraction just found it and he found the answer is like that- like attracts likes hidden so if you put positive energy out of the world that's what you're gonna get coming back to you like is that sort of like is that sort of like sherlock with his mind palace similar to that except it's an immutable law of the universe not unlike gravity or that it it's round um that's like, <laughs> the a law of the universe is that it's round. <laughs> law, okay. it's law of attraction. We'll work on that later. Uh, is a law, a natural law like those, and and that law states that like attracts like. So just put positive, scurvy curing energy into the. I don't know world. that I. I don't know that I believe just, in any of this. Well, you don't need to believe okay. in it. it's a law. Well, <laughs> you don't believe in. If I don't believe in traffic laws, I'm still going to stop at those old red lights. You know. Let's just let's just stick to scurvy. I think that's the thing that I'm. Secret. I can officially talk about. Uh, scurvy struck the ship <laughs> on which James Lind was a surgeon uh, in 1747 when it was in the English Channel. And he there were 12 men who were quite sick and he began to experiment on them, which I guess I, I guess we can excuse considering nobody else knew what to do for scurvy. So at least he was at least he was trying something. Um, he put he broke them up into six groups of two each and he gave each group either vinegar cider, elixir of vitriol, nutmeg, seawater, or oranges and lemons. Uh-oh. Yes. Let's see where this is going. So he compared all the groups. The guys who ate the fruit uh, got better very quickly. Now, was this on a boat? Yeah. Okay. HMS Salisbury. And uh, he... Right. Okay. Now I remember that. He declared at that point, this is a problem with, with uh, something with citrus. They need these fresh... Fresh fruits, citrus fruits, oranges and lemons specifically. Still not understanding, of course, vitamin C by any stretch. Uh, but he, but he knew that this good. is what, yeah, this is what people needed. Now, to be fair, he also included, because he, he published this, a treatise on scurvy in 1753 that really, I mean, changed the game, so right. to speak, for scurvy. Uh, but he also mentioned that he thought things like dampness and depression and crowding and the fact that there were also no fresh vegetables were problems. Um, but among that, he got the important thing. It's hard. Oranges it, and lemons. Yeah, it's hard to believe it could be something that simple, I guess. Now, here's the crazy thing. One, it took over 40 years for the Navy to act on it. And two, it seems like for a while, uh, the cure kind of got lost. What? Like, he, he specifically compared things that were acidic to oranges and lemons because there was this belief that maybe it had to do with like not enough acid so if you had ate something that was acidic it would work and that would work sometimes oranges and lemons but not other times for things like like he had them have cider um and it you know wouldn't work so he specifically compared acidic things to prove that it wasn't the acid but for some reason he did this people listened and went "Hmm, hmm, hmm, very interesting okay that's great and then went back to trying more acidic foods for instance a food that is more acidic is a lime. No. Now, limes have much less vitamin C than lemons. I did not know that. Yes, that is true. Uh, secondly, uh, they weren't giving sailors fresh limes. 
they were giving them lime juice. So it was extracted from the limes, exposed to the air, uh, held in something that contained copper. And it, the, the long and short of it is that the less vitamin C that limes already contained was even lessened by the process that it went through. So they really weren't being very helpful with the lime juice. Mm. Um, so in the meantime, other stuff started to become popular. So even though we, we have figured this out, this is the crazy thing about the story of scurvy. Deal. We figured it out. Oranges and lemons, give them to sailors, you're good. Uh, for a while, we we didn't do it. We gave people mar- malted barley. Ugh. There was a theory that from David McBride that um, all bodies are held together with fixed air. And as we decompose, we lose our fixed air. And that if we have something uh, fermented, that it will replace the fixed air. Which also, like I guess, is a good reason to drink alcohol. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But that if you ate a fermented food, like malted barley or drank malted barley, you could replace it. Which sounds fun, but not, you know, helpful. Right, or correct or real. <laughs> um, they also, in this same time period that we had already figured this out, we're still telling people, I don't know, maybe bloodletting. Just eat an orange. Just, like, uh, just here, take this orange and eat it. No, just drink some salt water. No. Or maybe, you know what? Maybe it's just that you're lazy and you need to work a lot harder on the ship and then it'll get better. I... If I was them, I would go on a boat that was going to go on a long trip and bring enough oranges for me. That would be my secret orange supply. Six months in, I'm running the ship. They do whatever I tell them to do. They're, they do my bidding because they'll be like king of the ship. Because they'll all have scurvy and I'll be like, fine. So if you ever... If you need my... I'll be in my room eating some orange pinnacle. If you ever invent time travel, is that what you're going to do? Yeah. No, thing one. Thing one thing is one. go eat. Eat a bunch of orange pinnacle in an old timey ship while everybody gets scurvy around me. That is the weirdest thing that anybody's probably already ever said in response to if you could travel through time, what would you do? It'd be my one thing. The one thing I'd want to do. The other things that were recommended were something called scurvy grass, which was just a kind of grass that probably wasn't very helpful. There was wild celery, wood sorrel, soup, mustard, sauerkraut, molasses, beans, or um, earth was thought to be helpful. This was like a superstitious belief. Mm -hmm. Being out on the sea was sickening, like it would make you sick. So Return to to Gaia. Yeah, return to the earth and you'll be okay. So there were people who tried to like bury themselves in the ground like halfway and see if like just being encased in the earth would be helpful, which I mean... I guess saved the gravediggers some time on the other end. Yeah, and the local it's kids a little dark there. Yeah, Sorry about that. Look, gross. Happy holidays, and then the local kids kick sand in their faces. So that was sad too. <laughs> so that doesn't work. Uh, it, things changed somewhat in 1795 when Sir Gilbert Blaine, physician to the fleet of the British Navy, repeated some of Lynn's experiment by giving all the sailors uh, on one particular long voyage a ration of. Rum, water, sugar, and lemon juice. Like a cocktail? Sounds pretty good. <laughs> I would be on board with this plan. Right, especially kept me from getting scurvy. Um, most of them didn't get scurvy, and the few who actually did, he gave them extra just lemon juice, and they got better. Um, and this led to the widespread use of lemons huh. by the British Navy. Now, the weird thing is, it was lemons. Lemons. But... But what did it lead to famously that people the, people still think the uh, um, 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 uh, gin and tonic right no <laughs> you are so off base the lime cordial it, it led to the term limeys that used to be used oh, as a, no, there was a negative co- slang term to refer to British of, people cock- in general there was a cocktail that came from this era no well that, okay. I'm certain it did I'm making. I'm. I'm pulling that out of my mouth. No, I'm talking about the term limeys. Got it. Which used specifically was for British sailors. 
because of this association that they all were given citrus fruit to take with them on trips, which was a really good idea. And I don't know why we were insulting them for it, Um, (laughs) you know, but then became this like generic kind of slang term. Although it's funny because when I was reading some of the articles, they all note now the term limey is embraced by British people as kind of a funny, fun little, yeah. which I don't know if that's true or not. So if I have offended anyone by would, using that term, I I'm, would have been like, I'm sorry. I don't think it is, but it's wrong too because no, they weren't get, issued limes. Nobody they weren't eating limes. Nobody would have been able to hurt my feelings with that either. It's like, well, I'll see you on the other side, I guess, homie. <laughs> when, you know, when you're hunched around, like crouching around like Quasimodo. That is not. just like looking awesome and swinging around with a saber and like pirating and like stealing other ships and stuff and with my cool accent. I have told you that it does not cause you to be scrunched over. It's That's a popular thing. No, it's not. But the limey thing was, and again, it was wrong because uh, limes don't have nearly as much vitamin C as lemons do. Uh, you're much better off with lemons uh, or oranges. lemony is like not a, that's not a term. Lemony? Lemony. Um, or in fact, so like I said, onions would be even better. Uh, for instance, during the Civil War, many and men, not as good as oranges, no, but, but they're up there on the chart. Um, during the Civil War, there were a lot of men who developed scurvy due to like limited food supplies at the, Mm -hmm. you know, at the front lines. Uh, And there wasn't obviously a lot of citrus fruit, but there were a lot of potatoes and onions. And by now we, we didn't know that there was vitamin C, but we knew that they like citrus fruit could help with scurvy. Potatoes Mm -hmm. do too, actually. Um, So they collected onions and potatoes and sent them to the front. And this led to, for a while, there was a slogan during the Civil War, uh, don't send your sweetheart a love letter, send him an onion. Yeah, I mean, who who wouldn't like a nice onion? <laughs> the problem is, where do you put the stamp so nobody can figure out? That's Is that your great onion joke for the day? That's my great onion joke. Um, send, send your hubby an onion, he'll find it very appealing. Send him, send him an onion. It's the one thoughtful gift guaranteed to make him cry. That's a not bad one. That's, that one's actually That's pretty good. Pretty, okay, pretty I'll give good you that one. All right. I'll give you that one. All right. Um, it wasn't until so even even with this adoption of um, all of this with vitamin C, it wasn't until 1907 when Lynn's experiment was again repeated um, in a lab and published uh, again by scientists that you know what we definitely believe that there is something in citrus fruit that fixes scurvy. Uh, even though it was being used anecdotally and by local doctors on all these different levels, and even though it had been adopted by the British Navy, it was still not wide, like accepted widespread until 1907, which is crazy because we had the cure in 1753. You know, it's, it's, it's also weird to think about. I wonder how they, um, it seems like it would be a hard thing to do a lab experiment on. Like, it seems like um, nutritional deficiencies would be really hard to control for. It would. I mean, that's why you get so many, that's why you get so many descriptions of scurvy that are actually like also rickets or also beriberi or something. You know, that's why you get so many like nutritional deficiencies. I just don't know how you would keep people from doing that in their day to day lives. You know what I mean? Like if they're not on a ship. Yeah, it was very difficult. It took them a while. I'm assuming they got to pay people money, maybe. You have to pay them to not eat anything citrusy while they're not at the lab. Yeah. No, I'm sure you could do that. Yeah, it'll work. Um, now, uh, we actually didn't figure out, like I mentioned, that vitamin C was the culprit until we figured out what vitamin C was, and that was in the 1930s. Um, and as you know, as we've talked about vitamin C before, it has been wildly popular 
ever since. So you don't see as much scurvy nowadays. It is possible there are cases of scurvy. It's not eliminated by any mm-hmm. stress. Any of us could get scurvy at any time if we stopped eating vitamin C, uh, but it's certainly not as common as it used to be. I want to say this right now, never going to stop. Never going to stop eating vitamin C? Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's good because you'll get scurvy if you do. <laughs> I'm never going to stop. Don't think you can tw- change me. Okay. No, I don't want you to because you'll get scurvy. I Remember, I told you that part. Thanks to Maximum Fun for letting us be a part of their network. There's a lot of great shows you can go here at MaximumFun.org. Uh, sort of last notice here, we're doing a, uh, a show December 21st on Monday, 8 p.m. Huntington, West Virginia, the Big Sandy Superstore Arena. If you can get by there, it's going to be fun. It's Candle Nights. It's us and my brother, my brother, and me. Um, and uh, it's going to be a hoot, hoot nanny, I think. A real hoot and a holler. Um, bu- 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 I think that's going to do it for us. Thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use your song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. And uh, thank you so much to you. Sorry this episode was a little late. You know, holidays and sickness and all the other excuses that we all have to keep our podcast late. But we hope you enjoy it and don't get scurvy. Don't get scurvy. So eat eat all those satsumas. And, and the orange panna cotta. Come and over and have some and orange panna cotta. All your Christmas lemons. Traditional Christmas lemons. <laughs> My name is Joseph McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.